Does Bebe enjoy the theater? Yes, I'm sure, bitch. I didn't think about the whole, like, having a baby thing, you know? It's like one thing to trap a person with a baby, but then when you actually have a baby, then you become trapped. What an idiot. Hey, everybody. This is Corey Atkinson back with you for the Pro Wrestling Elitist Podcast for August the 4th. It is Tuesday. I appreciate everybody for coming back and giving us another shot after last week's technology debacle. Turns out, just fixed with a brand new cable from the microphone to the laptop. Who knew? You idiot! Anyway, we've got a lot of things to get to today, but before we do that, I do want to take a moment to pause and reflect on the life of Rollerball Rocco, who passed away recently. Um, He passed away at the age of 69. It sounds like he was, uh, from by all accounts that I've read, suffering from dementia and in in just general poor health. So um, while it's never going to see anybody pass away at the age of 69, um, our our thoughts do go out to him. Rollerball Rollerball Rocco was a fourth-generation wrestler. Um, For those who maybe don't know him, he was the original Black Tiger in New Japan um, where he competed against Tiger Mask. He was kind of like the arch enemy to Tiger Mask. And he also is somebody that is a major force in the cruiserweight or light heavyweight or junior heavyweight style of wrestling. Um, he, He actually won the WWE or WWF. I might have been WWF at the time junior heavyweight championship um, rollerball Rocco. He, he kind of grew up in that Manchester area and uh, was really um, like the best way to describe him. He was like the, the, the man that uh, the, the United Kingdom had as like the premier cruiserweight uh, or one of the premier cruiserweights. He, he, you know, he, he tangled a lot with the likes of Liger and, uh, Dynamite Kid, Fit Finley, people like that. Um, you could definitely say that he's a pioneer of today's modern cruiserweight style, and he's 100% a, a legend of British wrestling. In fact, um, you know, he, he is somebody that if there were a true Hall of Fame of professional wrestling, Rollerball Rocco, Mark Rocco, he would be in it. So um our our thoughts and prayers go out to the family and friends and the fans of rollerball rocco he'll long be remembered and he'll be sorely missed with that let's move on into some aew news all elite wrestling has announced their main event for the all-out pay-per-view that is set to take place here on september the 5th so all elite wrestling to the surprise of nobody have named MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman as the top contender, the top challenger to AEW men's world champion, who is currently John Moxley. MJF is set to take on the challenger, whether it's Moxley or somebody else at the September 5th all out 2020 pay-per-view. For those maybe who didn't see last week's dynamite, AEW began a storyline Last week on Dynamite with MJF holding a campaign rally where he declared he and AEW and the fans deserved better than John Moxley as champion. The wording that I read going into this segment is AEW. So this indicates that should Moxley lose the belt before the pay-per-view, MJF would challenge the new champion 
Moxley, who defeated Jericho earlier this year at the AEW Revolution pay-per-view for the title, defends the title against Darby Allen this week on AEW Dynamite. I'm so excited. Feel my nips. Up next, let's talk about AEW's Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament, the Deadly Draw. That began tonight on YouTube. That kicked off with a couple of matches. We'll talk about that here momentarily, but the tournament will feature 16 women uh, competing in an AEW ring, forming eight teams in total. The Deadly Draw rules are the Deadly Draw. The tournament is a random draw. All competitors must draw a color. Matching colors will become a team and selections are final and cannot be appealed. If you don't want spoilers on tonight's results then go ahead and skip, I will add a time cue in the notes of the podcast episode so that you can avoid any results and come back when we're done talking about all of the things that you miss here tonight with the deadly draw tournament. So do you like weather? Okay, I think they're gone. Let's talk mad shit about these people. Kidding. Okay. Um, so the Nightmare Sisters both drew red, you know, after some chicanery, which is fine. And they were paired together for the tournament in the opening contest for the tournament. Allie and Brandy defeated Penelope Ford and Mel. After the match, Brandy was very complimentary of her own performance, which she was totally in awe of. This is a bit of a role reversal of uh, basically it's noteworthy because Allie to this point has been the, the, the heel or the villain in this relationship, the bad influence today. It was definitely Brandy at times healing on Allie. So this could be an interesting development to watch as the tournament uh, continues. The other team advancing tonight in the tournament following tonight's broadcast is Anna Jay and Tay Conti. Uh, Tay Jay, as many fans on the internet are calling them, um, they, they upset the team of Arian Andrew and the former AEW Women's World Champion Nyla Rose. Tay Jay appeared to be on the same page at the stage of the tournament and could be a dark horse favorite to win the whole thing. Other things of note coming out of the inaugural broadcast of the Deadly Draw is that Tony Schiavone and Veda Scott were calling the action and Shaw Guerrero, who's Eddie Guerrero's daughter, was the ring announcer and Medusa was used as a legend to put over the significance of the tournament. It was pretty good. It was all right. It wasn't great, but it was fine. And I knew that it was going to be fine. For those rejoining us now, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next topic, which is AEW signs the Mad King, Eddie Kingston. Yes! 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 Eddie Kingston, for those who don't know, he's a longtime journeyman and stalwart of the independent wrestling scene. He officially signed his AEW contract on Friday. I shouldn't say officially signed. That's when it was officially announced. Um, AEW announced on Friday, July 31st, that they have come to terms with Eddie Kingston and he will be competing with AEW going forward. Terms of the contract were not disclosed, but Eddie Kingston is 38 
And if you miss his debut against Cody Rhodes in the TNT championship match, it was incredible. And it was just a matter of time before he was locked up, whether it was by AEW or WWE or somebody else. Eddie Kingston, he was seen in Impact Wrestling for several years and was a staple of the independent wrestling scene for many years. I'm going to say 20, probably longer. I have no idea. But, you know, he competed for Ring of Honor, Chikara, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Combat Zone Wrestling. Most recently, he was regularly teaming in NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, with Homicide. Prior to them joining AEW as well, Eddie Kingston at the time being called King, he was the mouthpiece for Santana and Ortiz, who are now members of the inner circle in AEW. So Eddie Kingston's a tremendous talker, and you wonder if he's going to be somebody that they look to pair up with Santana and Ortiz again. They had great chemistry and they, they worked really well together. Um, if you haven't seen Eddie Kingston work, he's very much influenced by the 1990s all Japan pro wrestling style. Think your your Kawadas and Kobashis and, and, and things of that nature. He's very much uh, cut from that cloth. In fact, in his AEW debut, he was uh, noted by Excalibur for wearing the the black and yellow colors of Kawada. So congratulations go out to Eddie Kingston. Well-deserved. He is somebody whose who's work I've enjoyed for a, a really long time. So I'm really happy to see him getting the shot. Yay, yay. Our next bit of news, TNT announced Dynamite episodes will be preempted and moved to different days. Dynamite will actually air the same night as NXT TakeOver 30. So TNT announced the following that due to their NBA broadcast schedule, All Elite Wrestling will be preempted on three dates from Wednesdays. One of those dates will now see AEW air on TNT at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, 822, which would uh, place it right before NXT TakeOver 30, the, the special happening on the WWE Network. There would only be one hour of actual programming overlap at this point in time, but that could be set to change since WWE and NXT have done everything possible to try to dick over AEW. Uh, AEW, <laughs> they could um, definitely pay WWE back. They, they do own a couple of receipts. We'll see if that actually happens. I think AEW will probably take the high road here. And, you know, this is just a programming decision made by TNT, not something that I imagine AEW AEW actively asked for, but due to the NBA schedule, AEW Dynamite will be, they'll, they'll make the following shifts on TNT. So on Wednesday, August 19th, that episode will actually air on Saturday, August 22nd at 6 p.m. Eastern time. The Wednesday, August 26th episode will air on Thursday, August 27th at 8 Eastern and the Wednesday, September 16th episode will air on Thursday, September 17th at 8 p.m. So, again, I don't believe these are actually uh, time slots that were called out by AEW. I believe these are just programming slots that TNT offered and AEW is looking to make the most out of. It could be a miracle. It could be bullshit. There's only one thing we know for sure. What's that? It's a goddamn gold mine. All right, and our next story is around the AEW Unrivaled action figures released today. 
AEW's debut action figure line from Jazzwares and Cool Wicked Toys are officially released today on Walmart shelves as well as at ringsidecollectibles.com. AEW's Unrivaled series features Chris Jericho, The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, and Brandy Rhodes with a 1 and 500 Chase exclusive Star Trek inspired Cody and a 1 in 1000 Chris Jericho figure. You some Justin Bieber, Molly Cyrus looking motherfuckers. And then finally, our, our, our big AEW preview happens now. Super Wednesday, it is coming up. We have AEW champion, men's world champion, John Moxley taking on Darby Allen. Chris Jericho debates Orange Cassidy with a guest moderator. The guest moderator at this point is been speculated by, by some to be Eric Bischoff. If he does, it'll be a pretty big moment as he returns to the TNT network for the first time since um, his, his days on Nitro. So it's probably been a good 20 years since he's been on TNT. FTR, the Young Bucks and AEW Tag Team Champions, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega take on the Dark Order in a 12-man tag team match. Cody and Matt Cardona take on John Silver and Alex Reynolds in Cardona's in-ring debut. MJF's campaign to be the AEW men's world champion continues. And we have a new match announcement that came today. Best friends will take on Santana and Ortiz. Are you serious? All right, guys and ghouls. That's the show this week. Thank you all for coming back to the show after our technical difficulties. I really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, we will be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Hopefully that's not copywritten because I don't have the money to pay for it. But if you want to give us money, if you want to be a sponsor, you can do that. If you want to just give me a job, that would be great, too. I'm really looking for one of those. Um, kidding aside, if you do want to take part in the conversation, we are looking to mix it up with you on the Twitter and the Instagram. You can get a hold of me personally at Corey A. Atkinson. You can reach out to the podcast at PW Elitis on Twitter and Instagram as well. And if you want to send us email, we love email. You can send that along to PW Elitis at gmail.com. Until next week, please take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. Stay healthy and take care. You keep using this word jabroni, and it's awesome. Later dudes, S you in your A's, don't wear a C in jail over your B's.